Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Um, I, I wanted to start today by, by just saying that um, I, I was... Um, we have, a, we have a new member in our family and uh, no, my wife, did, we did not have another baby, okay? <laughs> I'm like, um, but we do really kind of do have another baby. Uh, did you also, okay, this is uh, our baby. His name is Theo and uh, he is uh, a handful, a little French bulldog. Uh, and we have a picture of him, but also with him with our older dog, uh, that's Duke. Uh, so they, they now have their own hoodies now together, little matching hoodies. And, uh, but anyway, um, pray for us because we are not sleeping, okay? It's like, it is like having another baby. Um, but it is awesome. It's exciting around our house. Um, and so as our boys get older, our, our babies get younger. So, um, but I want to start today, kind of set today up by, by saying a couple years ago, I saw a lady at the store that, that my wife and I have known for years. I hadn't seen her for years. And, and uh, she asked me, she said, Brad, how are you doing? And my response was very typical. I was like, I'm doing good. I'm fine. And I asked her, how are you doing? And her response to me has kind of never left me. This is what she says. How are you doing? And her response was, oh, I'm living my best life. And I love that. I'm living my best life. Like I, and I thought about that. I left and I was, I was like, that's a little arrogant. That's what I thought was, really? Like you must be doing really, really well. And I felt less than whenever she said that a little bit. Uh, um, but I thought about it. And I was like, I want to live my best life. What would it look like to live my best life? And I started thinking, if I were to live my best life, I'd be able to be stronger. I would be healthier. I would still be able to dunk right now. Like I would be able to do all these different things if I was living my best life. And I think that's why we like the new year so much, right? Because it's the beginning of a year. We get to start over a clean slate and we get to have this kind of new, new year to start over. And that's why we do these new year resolutions and we go all in and we strive going after becoming better, faster, stronger, whatever the er words you're trying to go after, prettier, healthier, whatever it is. And so we go all in only to find out, and you know this stat, that 80% of all new year's resolutions fail by Valentine's day. That's what they say. 80% of all New Year's resolutions fail six weeks into the new year. And I think, why, why are we such failures? Like, why, why do we fail all the time? Like, what is wrong with us? Like, I want to live my best life. And I think it's, it's because what I found out is that good intentions don't create your best life. No matter how hard I try, it's not going to create my best life. And I was thinking about this because when I was a kid, when you were a kid, did you like to, to make uh, your like wave pools? You know what I'm talking about? Like I didn't have my own pool, but my friends had a pool. And so I would always go to our friend's pool. And if you jump in, if all of you jump in at the same time, it creates a wave pool. You know what I'm talking about now? And so we would all, like 10 of us would be like, it's time to create a wave pool. And we would all jump in cannonballs. Like we're all jumping in, by the way, 
If you want the best wave, it's not a cannonball. Cannonball's two knees. The best wave is actually a can opener. That's one knee and a little lean back. Okay, and if you want the best can, I mean, seriously, I know a little bit too much about this. It's called a preacher seat. Y'all know what a preacher seat is? If we had a pool right now, I would show you what a preacher seat. Before I was ever a pastor, I knew how to do a preacher seat. I could cut, you come in, you hold, it looks like you're praying, and you come in sideways with a lean, and that's the biggest wave you'll ever create. And so we would all be doing cannonballs and can openers and preacher seats, and it would create a wave pool, and we'd all get into the pool, and it was like crazy fun. It was a wave pool. The problem is five minutes later, the waves would stop. And then someone would say, keep it going, right? And so you would keep it going and it would stop again. And it was, it was exhausting to keep it going. Reminds me of a few years ago, I took my family to Hawaii and we did this bucket list thing where we went surfing in Hawaii. It was phenomenal, amazing. We took surf lessons and I found myself riding these waves all the way into the shore. And I was out in the ocean, in the middle of the ocean in Hawaii. And I had this epiphany moment. And it was like this, how cool is it? How much better is it to ride the waves that God creates versus trying to create our waves over and over again? And I found myself realizing that, that that God has created certain waves that you can actually ride. Like you don't have to continue creating your own waves. I don't care how much of a good cannonball you have. You are, it's going to be exhausting. You are not gonna be able to create your own waves long enough. And so if you wanna live your best life, you gotta learn to ride the waves that God creates. And you gotta quit trying to manufacture your own waves And in life, there are certain truths. Just like there are waves that God creates that are real, there are certain truths that we know are real, like gravity is real. And if you you jump, you will come down. If you're a 45-year-old man, you can't jump as high anymore. This is what I'm realizing, because reality is real. But the same is true spiritually. You can choose to fight the truths of God or you can choose to ride the truths of God. And I think we have a lot of Christians, instead of riding the truths of God, we're fighting some certain truths of God. And I wanna talk about one specific truth today. I think it's so powerful. And this truth is that God must be first in our lives. God must be first. He cannot not be first. All throughout the scriptures, we see that when we put God first in our life, God always blesses and consecrates and blesses the rest in our life. Matthew 6.33, if you don't hear any other scripture, listen to Matthew 6.33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. There's power when you seek God first in your life. And I can't think of a better time of the year than the beginning of the year to talk about the power of putting God first in our lives. And so today I'm gonna talk about four first. Four first, that if you will put these four first in your life, I'm gonna talk about the first of your day, the first of your week, the first of your month, and the first of your year. If you will put these four first in your life, it will create a wave that you don't have to create anymore. 
But you can, like in Hawaii, I realized I could ride it all the way into the shore. And oh, by the way, I just go back out and there it is again. And I can ride it again and I can come back out and it's there again. There are waves that God produces that you do not have to manufacture. And the first, the first one is this, write this down. At the first of your day, you need to learn how to seek God. The first of your day, seek God. And as we talk about the first, and as we talk about these different practical, what I call practical first, um, we're not gonna be legalistic, okay? So for example, I'm gonna talk about prayer here. Um, but what I'm saying is at the beginning of your day, like if you gotta go to the bathroom when you wake up, you can go to the bathroom, that's okay. And if you, like your breath stinks so bad, that even the Holy Spirit whispers back to you, okay? And says, go brush your teeth. Like, go brush your teeth, right? Um, and how many of you like coffee? You have to have coffee to function. Between me and you, I think God has to have coffee to function, okay? So it's just the reality. So maybe you have to have coffee. I'm saying don't be legalistic, but here's what I am saying. At the first of your day, seek God. Let nothing significant happen in your day without seeking your heavenly Father first. It's powerful if you'll ride this wave. I'm just telling you, it'll change your life. Psalm 63, one says, oh God, you are my God. Early, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in the dry and thirsty land where there is no water. When you look at the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see repeated behaviors of Jesus over and over again. You'll see that he preaches all the time. You'll see that he's healing the sick. You'll see that he's performing miracles all the time in all the gospels. But there is one repeated behavior that everyone overlooks. And that is that Jesus would consistently and repeatedly get alone with his heavenly father. And we don't just know that he did it. We know when he did it. Check this out, Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed very early in the morning. If Jesus, who is the son of God, thought it was important to get alone and to get quiet time and to be filled with the presence of his heavenly father, how much more do you and I, who are not the son of God, need to follow this pattern of putting God first in our day? And I wanna say this about seeking God People ask, how do you hear the voice of God? What's it like to seek God? I, I call it the first 15. Give God the first 15 minutes. The first five minutes of your day, hey, read God's word. Here's what I say. Before you go digital, go scriptural. Before I let anyone have a word in my mind, I want to hear from God. Not my wife, even though I love you. Not my kids, even though I love, love you. Not Theo, even though you're a sweet baby. But no, I want to hear from God, not my email, not Instagram. I want to hear from God first. Take five. The first five and hear from God. The next five, I'm going to call this sleeper. I'm going to call this underrated. What I'm about to tell you right now will change your life. This next one is in sports. When I say sleeper, y'all know what I mean by sleeper? Apparently not. Okay, so here's the deal. In sports or an athlete, if you're really good, but you're underrated, like you have no fame, but you're really, really good, you are called a sleeper because people are sleeping on you. So for example, the 49ers were a sleeper team. Does that make sense? Am I making it? Either, either they're really good or the Cowboys were really bad. But I knew the Packers were pretty good. 
So I'm just saying, if you watched last night, this, the sleeper team, the 49ers are moving up. They're a sleeper team. This is a sleeper scripture. What I'm about to tell you, the next five minutes of your day after you read God's word, be still and wait. It's a sleeper. No one knows about this. No one does this anymore. We've lost the art of being still. We don't know how to be still. We pray for patience and we go, God, would you give me patience and would you give it to me now? I mean, this is what we ask for. And I'm just saying, we don't know how to be still and know that he is God. Sometimes you have to get still with God just to know who he is. Sometimes you get to be reminded that you did not create yourself, but there was a heavenly father that thought about you before you were ever born. And so when you're going through your problems and you go, oh, you already know. Sometimes you got to be reminded of who he is and what he created, and that he has a good plan for you, one to prosper you and not to harm you. Sometimes you got to be still. The problem is we get ahead of God, try to create our own waves. And sometimes the Bible says he will fight your battles for you, but you have to learn how to be still and know who your God is. And the next five, then pray, then pray. Pastor Matt talked about prayer last week. You did not hear that message. You need to get back online and you need to listen to that message. Powerful about prayer. The first of our day, we're gonna seek God. The second of, the first of our week, another way to put God first, the first of your week, worship God corporately. Worship God corporately. What I mean by that is you need to come to church. I'm gonna say it frankly. You need to come to church, Hebrews 1025 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. You might say, well, you're preaching to the choir because we're here right now. And some of you joining us online, you're part of this community too. You're joining us out in the patio. You're part of this community too. And you might say, I'm joining us. Like I'm here, quit preaching to the choir. But here's a stat that shook me. The average churchgoer in America 48% of the, what they call average churchgoers attend church one time a month. One time a month. We had 3,200 people here at Christmas during the Christmas services, over nine Christmas services. We had 3,200 people. My question is, where are they? And at no, I, I know I'm sounding like I'm, I'm kind of beating us over the head because you're here and you're like, dude, we're here. Okay, <laughs> calm down. But I'm saying the average person only attends one time a month. And I'm saying, this is not a good idea. Church is a God idea. It's what God created and established. I know you're busy. I know it's the day to do your yard work. I know it's the day, even when it's 28 outside. I know it's the day that you want to sleep in. I know your kids are in AAU and they're going to go pro. Okay, I know. And I know, I know the weather's not great every single Sunday, but I'm, I'm asking you this. Are all those things more important than aligning your week up with your heavenly father? There's something special about putting God first in your week. I think we need more leaders in our households like Joshua. Joshua said in Joshua 24, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We need more people like that. I'm not gonna check my schedule on Sunday morning to see if that's a good idea to go to church. I'm not gonna ask my kids, how are you feeling today? Like, like are you wanting to go to church? No, when I was a kid, I didn't wanna go to church. No, the first of your week, you're gonna, we're gonna go to church. 
And then I love what it says in the book of Acts at the beginning of the church. This is Acts 2. I'm not gonna show it on the screen, but listen, this is the book of Acts. This is the early days of the church. The church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and every day they met together in the temple courts. It goes on to say they went from house to house, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That sounds like life groups to me. House to house, they ate together. And then I love this, when they did that, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was something special about when we devote ourselves to a community. And I wonder, what's the difference? What's the difference between those days when they would go every day to the temple courts? And now our average church attender goes one time a month. What is the difference? I don't believe they were more holy than we are. I believe they were more aware of how much they needed each other. And people say all the time, I don't need church to be saved. And I would ask you and I would tell you, you do not need church to be saved. You do not need church to be saved. That is a personal decision between you and Christ. But this decision was never meant to be private. It's personal, but not private. And I'm telling you right now, when people say that, I say, we can do exponentially more together than we ever could apart. And the reason I tell you that, you need to be here next weekend. I'm prefacing next weekend because we're gonna be talking about our 2021 impact. What we did together in our community, we're gonna talk about that next week. You need to be here for that. But the second reason you need each other is because my experience is that we do not grow alone. We grow when we're in community with each other. This is why you need life groups. You need to be part of a group in a few weeks when we start it up. Some of you need to lead. Some of you need to say, need to say no, I'm gonna lead for the first time. The first of our day, we're gonna seek God. The first of our week, we're gonna worship corporately. The first of our month, we're gonna worship God with our finances. Don't be legalistic with this. I'm not talking about, well, I get paid first of the month or I get paid every two weeks. No, I'm saying whenever you, whenever you get paid, whenever there's resources that come your way, my experience is honor God with your finances. This is a wave that God has created. You can either fight it or you can ride it. My experience is that most Christians fight this one. Most Christians fight this one. Leviticus 27.30 says, a tithe of everything from the land where the grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. A tithe means 10%. A tithe doesn't just mean a percentage of 10%. It means the first 10%. And then this scripture at the very end is what changed me when it came to the tithe. It says it's holy to the Lord. The word holy means it's set apart. It's different than the rest. And anytime God says something is holy, you need to pay attention to it. It's holy to God. And I'm a, I'm a CPA and a pastor. And that's a weird mix. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't know another CPA that's a pastor. And I don't know another pastor that's a CPA. It's just weird, okay? Like there's a rare guy standing up here. It's just weird, okay? It's odd. And I'm telling you, in the, all the areas of our lives where I see the most disorder, it's in our finances. The order God honors that I've seen in my personal life as a CPA who's done thousands of tax returns pre-ministry 
As a pastor who has been here 17 years and I've, I've, I've counseled people in, in financing and their finances and my own personal life or my wife and I have, have our own finances, the order that I see that God honors is when we first tithe and that we second, then you save. And then after that, that's when you live off the rest. But the order that I see most people live is they, they live first because I got bills to pay. We save if we have anything else. And then if we're really feeling generous, like you pulled my heartstrings, then I might give. And I'm probably not even giving to God. I'm gonna give to like to, you know, something that, you know, a TV show where they, there was, an, I saw one, there was elephants that are dying. Y'all seen that? And I was like, how much? How much do you need? You know, like, I don't want that little baby elephant. The baby elephant looks so, I'm like, he ain't dying on my watch. Okay, like, that's what I felt like. You know what I mean? And so we give like that. And, and, and that's how we do in America. And I, here I am, my wife and I have tied for 24 years. We've been married 24 years. Okay, it's awesome. Uh, December 27th. Okay, I got that right. Boom. Okay, so, and here's the thing. Like we've always tithed. I didn't know people didn't tithe. I did not know that was not a thing until I got into ministry 17 years ago and I saw, oh, 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 people don't tithe. Like they don't know the first, this is important to God. I cannot believe it. And then I realized this statistic, listen to this, that 5% of the average church, average church goers in America, only 5% tithe. Soak on it. Okay, like, like I'm like, oh my goodness, it's the same thing I did. What? And I went, this is why people struggle financially. It's out of order. There's an order to God. You can fight it or you can ride it. I'm telling you, you will be doing cannonballs, okay, every five minutes trying to create the wave pool. Or you can be in Hawaii, okay, and you can ride the wave all the way in and come back out and ride it again. I'm telling you, there's an order. And I'm gonna give you some advice. I'm a CPA, I'm a pastor, I have been educated in investment strategies, I've been educated in cash flow management, I have done tax returns till I was blue in my face and I don't wanna do another tax return. In fact, I don't even do my own tax return, I hire a CPA because I'm sick of it. But what I'm saying is, I've done it all and what I'm telling you is if you're a young person in here, let me tell you what I tell my boys. The greatest advice I could give you, you will not find in a financial book. The greatest advice I could give you is always, always, always put God first in your life. Always put God first in your finances. It will be the greatest financial advice you could, I could give you. First of your day, seek God. First of your week, corporately worship. The first of your month or whenever you, resources come your way, say, God, these are yours, I trust you. It's like what Pastor Matt said last week. Prayer is not for God, it's for you. It's for you, it's to invite God into the situation you're going into, but God already knows your situation. Tithing is not for God, he doesn't need your money. It's for you. It's to say, God, I invite you into my financial situation. And the fourth thing is the first of your year, fast, fast. Stephen talked about fasting a few weeks ago. You need to listen to that message. I'm not gonna go deep into fasting. But most people, they know about prayer, but they don't know a lot about fasting. We see in the scriptures that over 75 times all throughout the scriptures that talks about a fast, we know three Bible characters 
that fasted for 40 days. Jesus being one of them. This is a big deal. One of the reasons we do 21 days of prayer and fasting is we say this is the beginning of the year and nothing is gonna happen in this church until we go before God. And I'm telling you, that has been the significant difference maker in this church when we started doing that. And I'm gonna read a scripture. I think this is so powerful. Because this is what I've been dealing with, so... Galatians 5, 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Some versions of the Bible say they are at war with each other. You don't know this. You may not know this, but you are a body, a soul, and a spirit. You are not this thing, these nerves and these veins and these bones. That is a piece of you, but that is just a part of you. You are a body, you are a soul and you're a spirit. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit, man, is what really connects with God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. Would love to. Actually, probably freak me out. You connect with God through your spirit. Here's the problem. Most of us walk around thinking we are full when we're really not. Because we have fed our physical bodies really well. I don't know about y'all, but I eat good. Our physical body craves food. It craves what we want to do. It craves things. It craves sinful desires. And we're feeding ourselves constantly these things. And so we're full. we got one tank that's full. Most of us have a spiritual tank that is not full. This is why I think we have this kind of low-grade depression that just kind of rides in our community, in our culture. Problem is you try to fill the tank over and over again with more things, more stuff, more food, because Papacitos is amazing. (laughs) Can I get a better amen? Okay, like, like I went there the other day and it was like, oh my gosh. My body loves this, okay? Like, this is amazing. My tank is full, okay? Like, this is great. Here's the problem. You're married, but you still feel lonely because your spouse can't complete you. What was that movie? They lied. Tom Cruise lied. You complete me. No, you don't complete anybody. You got promoted, but you still feel insignificant. Because the job, the career won't complete you. You take a vacation, but you still feel stressed. Y'all ever need a vacation from your vacation? Okay. You slept 12 hours a day and you're still tired. Because you can be tired in your spirit. And I've learned there's a spirit man that if I don't learn to fill... I'll never live my best life. I'll never live my best life. In Romans 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You want life and peace. You'll be governed by the spirit. You gotta learn how to fill your tanks and not just your physical tank, but your spirit, man. One of the greatest ways to do that is by fasting. Say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
stop doing this. Maybe it's cheese. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the queso. I don't know what it is. It's the queso for me. Whatever it is, maybe it's media, whatever it is, and you stop filling that tank. But don't just do that. That's a diet. You got to fill it with something spiritual, prayer, spending time with God. And I'm going to have our worship team come up here. We've ended the last few weekends with just a special song. And I want to... I want us to end that way again today, that we take a moment and we reconnect with God. Call it what you want. But I'm gonna tell you something. I want you to listen to me right here. We don't put God first. God always has and always will be first. I know that because Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God. God has always been in the beginning. You can deny it, which some do. Or you can ride that wave. And what I've learned in my life is that before I was ever created, there was a God who thought about me. Make no mistake about it. You don't put God first. God always has and always will be first. What we do is we align ourselves up with the God who is first. So there's one word that I think boils down this message and it's the word surrender. It's surrender. This is what we don't do well as human beings. We want control, but you have to learn how to surrender to God. And I can hear, and this is why I struggled a little bit preparing this week. And sometimes I tell you these things and sometimes I don't tell you these things. But one of the things that I struggled with this week was the idea and the concept that while I'm preaching, you're being annoyed. There's some of you right now, like you don't believe in the tithe, okay? I'm gonna give you an example. And that annoys you. Some of you right now, you're like, I don't have time to put God first in my week. And it bothers you that you'd be challenged in that. But the truth is, it's about surrender. And some of you, I feel like you're saying, you're telling me to do this, Brad. You don't understand. The money ain't there to do what you're saying. The time's not there to do it. I would have to rearrange everything to make that happen. And I would look at you and I would say, exactly, you nailed it. You might have to rearrange everything in your life to put God first, but here's what it'll feel like. I'm done doing the cannonballs. I wanna ride the wave that God created because you established it. And if I ride it, I can go back and back and back, but I first have to surrender. God, I don't fully understand this. I fully don't get this. I have all my reasons, but I'm gonna surrender. Watch God move. Let me pray for you right now. Heads bowed right now. 
If you say, Brad, I struggled with order. I've struggled with putting God first in my life. I've struggled in one of the four areas that I've mentioned today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I wanna pray for you. I just wanna see in one of the four areas, say, Brad, I've struggled with daily life, weekly life, giving them my finances of my year. Say, if that's you, I'm gonna pray right now for you. Lord, I lift up every person and I pray in the name of Jesus, whatever they're dealing with, whatever they've struggled to surrender, God, as they surrender it to you, would you honor it? Would you bless them like crazy, God? Would you show them when we put you first, you go before us, you know the battle we're going to be dealing with. Some of us need to surrender for the first time and some of us need to re-surrender. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you and it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.